This is Pathfinder, a weekly moment dedicated to seeking Jesus and building deeper faith. My name is Derek Glover, and I'm a preacher serving the Church of Christ in Monroe, Wisconsin. I invite you to open your heart, mind, and Bible and study along today as we seek to know Jesus better through God's Word. Whether you've been a lifelong Christian or are simply curious, there's room for you here and room for us to grow together. Psalm 51 is an important entry into what I call the diary of a king. King David, who wrote most of the Psalms, wrote them, uh, and they are considered poetry. They were set to music uh, in the uh, days of the, the Jewish faith. They were often sung in their assemblies and recited and learned, and they are a window into the heart of someone. These are these are his private journals of the things he was experiencing. We can look back on the history of King David in Israel and see what he was experiencing and then read the Psalms and see where those line up. And Psalm 51 is an important one because it comes during a very dark time in David's life. Remember, David was considered a man, the scriptures tell us, after God's own heart. He was someone who had an intimate and close relationship with the Father and yet he had dark times as well. The time in which Psalm 51 was written was in a period of time following adulterous behavior. He sought out a beautiful woman. He desired her. She was married, but he used his authority and his position as king in almost a predatory way, and it allowed his desire to create this action within him, and he brought her to be with him. He slept with her. She became pregnant. And then he took action to get her husband out of the picture to avoid scandal and conflict, and his life was ended. Nathan the prophet, bringing the judgment of God upon him, produced a lot of sorrow and anxiety, a lot of dark moments here. And so David took to writing, and he wrote uh, this psalm that we call Psalm 51 as a prayer to God for forgiveness. He asked God to, to purify him. He asked God to keep wrongdoing from him. He confesses his sin to God and asks that not just his actions, but his heart be cleansed. I love verse 10. And I want to focus on verse 10 of Psalm 51 today. He says, Create in me a clean heart, God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. That's an interesting choice of words there, create in me a clean heart. He doesn't just say, cleanse my heart. He doesn't say, just get rid of the bad stuff. He says, create in me a clean heart or a pure heart. That word create is found in Scripture many, many times but there's something very unique about it. In all of Scripture, when we see the word create, it is only ever used to refer to God. We never see anyone or anything else creating. And truly, we can say that in this world, only God creates. In, 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 an, in an essential way, only God creates. Man just reassembles the things that God has created. We know this from science, actually. It's, it's, it's rather interesting, and it can boggle the mind. It's the kinds of things that quantum physicists and, and scientists and people way smarter than me 
uh, examine and study and research and think about. But we know from science that uh, the atoms that make up the elements and the particles that come together to form the molecules of substance that we see and touch and feel, everything that has ever existed, and we know this from the laws of thermodynamics and the things that, that others have contributed to these fields, that there is nothing that has been put together that didn't already exist. Now, what I mean by that is all of the, all of the atoms that make up you, they've all, always existed. They've always been in the world. This is, this is what science tells us, that everything that makes up you, the carbon and the nitrogen and the oxygen and all of the different things that are a part of who you are physically, all of those building blocks, all of those pieces, those atoms have always existed in some form or another. It's just that they come together in a certain sequence to form you. Well, that's pretty fascinating. It can really warp your mind if you, if you think about it too long. And when you're gone, those things will decompose and break apart and they'll make other things. And actually, throughout your life, you're constantly shedding those atoms and those particles, and they're going off and making other things as well. Everything that's ever existed, everything that ever will exist, already does exist. From the very beginning of the world, when God set us in motion, everything that ever would be already was. There is a portion of who you are that has always been and as long as this earth is spinning, it always will be. That's a pretty hard thing to conceptualize. And yet it does kind of uh, coalesce the idea in our minds that creation is something that is truly only done by God. Now, yes, we can, we can uh, procure resources and we can produce things and manufacture, and, but we're just reassembling the building blocks that God has already given us. No true creation lies in the hands of our Father. And so when David says, create in me a clean heart, he is asking God to do something that only God can do. There is no other hope for David on this earth and in this life than for God to reach down and rebuild him from the ground up, to create, to make in him something new, not just to erase something, but to completely replace what's in his heart. I know that all of us, myself included, will stumble from time to time. We get ourselves into difficult, tragic situations. We experience pain. We experience turmoil. We experience the consequence of our own action, our own sin. And it would be very easy to even in a contrite way, go before God with a penitent heart and say, God, I have failed and I think I need to give up because I'm never going to be good enough. Or we could take a cue from David, from his diary, from his journal, from his heart, as he approached the throne of the Father and humbly said, create in me a clean heart. Because nothing that we are going to do will ever make our hearts pure enough to be acceptable to God. Nothing we do, even the strictest obedience to God's law, even the most uh, faithful believer, is never going to be good enough on their own to be acceptable to God. It's just not his nature. 
His nature is righteousness. His nature is perfection. He can have nothing to do with us. And that's why he sent his son. When Christ died on the cross, he opened the door to a new creation, a new covenant, the opportunity for all of mankind to approach God in faith and say, I believe that because of Jesus Christ, I can have a new heart created in me. God created something new when he sent his son, something that could impact our lives and our hearts for all of eternity, something that could purify us and make us whole before the Father. We no longer have to rely on ourselves to be good enough. We no longer have to rely on our avoidance of sin. We simply accept the grace of God through Jesus Christ and live according to that calling. We live as people who are guilty. We live as people who are broken. But we also live as people who are no longer condemned. The Apostle Paul wrote about that in Romans and Galatians and other places, but specifically in Romans, and he says, therefore there now is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We may be guilty of sin. We may be guilty of horrible and terrible things, but we are not condemned. We are not condemned because the Son of God stood in our place. He took the punishment upon himself, and he freed us. He freed us of that condemnation. I hope that this gives you some form of peace about your life. But more so, I hope that it provokes in you a change. Don't allow yourself to become bitter. Don't allow yourself to become uh, cynical. Don't allow yourself to become depressed. Don't allow yourself to give up. Because that's what happens for a lot of people who are mired in their own sin and their own guilt. We give up. God says, don't give up, don't, keep, don't quit reaching, don't quit trying, come after me, chase after me, and I'm going to make it easier for you. I'm going to send Jesus. See, he came down and became what we are in order that we could be what he is, righteous, loved, accepted, and pure. He created a clean heart within us, and we should allow that to renew a steadfast spirit, a faithful spirit. David goes on to say, Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain me with a willing spirit. David desired a closeness with God. He desired to be created anew. And God still offers that same transforming power today through Christ. We can know him. We can have a life with him. We can be with him. If we simply ask, ask him to come and make this transformation in our heart. And faith will produce action. Faith will produce a difference in how we live. And I pray for each and every one of you that listens to this that you'll let go of the guilt of your sin and understand that your condemnation has has been done away with, that we are guilty but we are not convicted of our sin and of our crime. We are rather convicted in our heart of what we have been so that we can be purified into what God wants us to be. Accept him in faith. Confess him. 
be baptized and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, as Peter says in Acts 2.38. I pray that each of you will travel that path, that you will seek to know him better, and that you will let him create something new within you. That's all the time we have this week for Pathfinder. I hope you have found it to be an enjoyable and uplifting experience. Maybe something that's caused you to think about some things you hadn't before and maybe give you reason to open your Bible and get into the Word a little deeper. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach out to me through the Monroe Church of Christ website, monroechurchofchrist.org. You'll find contact information there, as well as previous episodes of Pathfinder that you can listen to at your convenience. If you're in the Monroe area, we certainly hope you would come and get to know us in person. You can find our meeting times and location on that website uh, also, and we hope we get to meet you in the future. Until next time, I'm Derek Glover. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you, and may he give you peace.